Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Place podcast sessions. Today we have a very special guest, the creator of the Men's Mental Health page, Harry. I'm really excited, you know, to be speaking to him man to man and to discuss the stigma around, you know, men's mental health and uh, how we are trying to make an impact in the community. Harry, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really uh, glad to be a part of it, to be honest. It's the second time I've ever done anything like this. Um, and I only started the page in January 2020. And then I really actually started using it January 2021, so this year. Um, but it's going really well so far, and I've found it to be a great sort of um, release and good sort of access to good information, really, as well, for mental health. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with that. You know, when I created my page as well, I, I had no expectation. I just thought, all right, we're going to use this, maybe just to read quotes, do things. But I never thought I'd be able to, like, make that impact that I have been connecting with so many people like yourself as well. I think it's so good and so nice to see such an inspiring community. That's something sure. that I've really, really enjoyed. And then I saw these podcast sessions and thought, you know what? time for you and I to have a man-to-man chat and you know <laughs> discuss that awesome. it's okay to be sad it's okay to like you know men, men can have problems it's not an issue yeah definitely I think I think that's the key that's that was the main reason I started mine because first in, in January uh, 2020 I was feeling a little down and I didn't really know what to, to do with that I didn't know where to go or anything so I'm quite entrepreneurial um, myself so I thought I may as well just start it I don't know where to go, so I'm going to start an Instagram page and see if the information is out there. Um, but then I was I was quite fortunate at that time. Like I had my family and friends that I could confide in and talk to. Um, so I, I didn't actually need to use Instagram that much at the time. But then this year, especially with the pandemic still being like going on, obviously it's been over a year now that we've actually seen lockdown measures and, and restrictions and stuff like that so I just this year I thought I need to make something of this because it, it's so important for everyone yeah it's mad when you think that it's been a year since uh since COVID hit us it's, you know it's just blown yeah. by and uh just coming to grips with it at the beginning as well was just like it was like it was a weird time you know because the worst feeling anyone can have I feel it's uncertainty and that's exactly what we've all been having I mean, yeah. even till now, there's a bit of light, you know, with June 21st and the roadmaps and, you know, whatever else is to come. But it's been a strange, but it's also been a good time, like for me as well, where I've got the time to just kind of chill out and uh, focus on my priorities and whatever was, you know, making me overthink or making me anxious. I was able to kind of let go of that and get my focus. And that's actually how lockdown pace came around where I was like, I'm good now. I can help people now. Why don't we do it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the best way, I think. I mean, since I've started, since I started my journey with it, I, I've, like you said, touched on earlier about us connecting. I've connected with so many, so many people now that I just never saw coming, really. And it's really nice. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I didn't realise how big of a community there was. And just everyone is from different backgrounds as well. Not everyone is, you know, a therapist or psychotherapist whatever everyone is like me I work in sports hospitality I've met someone that's a doctor I've met someone that's an actor I've met someone that you know just the different variety of jobs it's incredible that we've all come together to make this difference I think it's quite inspiring Mm -hmm. definitely definitely 
So in terms of your mental health journey, what, if you don't mind sharing, of course, like what you went That's through. That's fine. fine. For me, um, it was mainly, so I, I used to have my own business um, with my brother. It was called Munch's Cake, where we used to basically, it was a, a takeaway just for desserts oh, um, yes. in New York where I live in York, um, and it, it was it was wicked. It was really good. Uh, we, we were open for around five, just under five years, I believe. Um, and it was it was great. But towards sort of the last year and a half, two years, I sort of lost the passion for it, really, um, which for me was natural because I wasn't a baker by trade or anything like that. It was just the fact that I'd, we'd set that business up and it just evolved, essentially. Um but yeah, it, it really, my, my mental health journey really started from the end of that business, to be honest, because I remember I was working 60 plus hours um, every week and uh, st- sometimes staff would let me down and there was other key factors like that, really, that made me myself notice that my mental health was changing. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, obviously we need to, we all need to be able to talk about this, um, but there was at one point where I was... I had suicidal thoughts. I wasn't suicidal. Like I knew I wasn't going to do anything like that, but it definitely thoughts like that definitely crossed my mind. I remember one night, um, a delivery driver rang in sick about 20 minutes before they were meant to start. And it was, it was my only night off for about two or three weeks. I was really looking forward to it, obviously. Imagine. Uh, Yeah. So then, so then basically I had to pick up sticks and go into work, um, and drive instead. And I remember, I, I, I live with my mum still. I remember um, saying to my mum before, like screaming and shouting, like, oh, I'm going to drive into the wall on the way there so I don't have to do it sort of thing. So it was, it was, an, it was yeah. like an off-the-cuff comment, but it was definitely a thought that I'd, my mind had processed very quickly. Some, something behind that, but it wasn't going to come, but there was some, something that, you know, maybe it was a sense of frustrated, frustration or I think the one thing, you know, is that really hurt, can hurt people's ex- expectations you know it's like okay you have this day mm-hmm. off you know you want the workers to do like a simple job like it's the job let them just do what they want to do but then mm-hmm. when they let you down it's like that's when the frustrating bo- frustration boils over it's like why am I doing this what is, yeah I don't want to do this anymore I do Definitely. I put in so much work why why is everyone letting me down yeah uh, exactly that and I think I think another thing is um um when when you have that expectation uh, and someone lets you down it, it, it because it was my own business as well it like affected me more yeah. but I, I think the fact I was quite lucky to be honest so, well I am quite lucky because I'm quite close to all my family and I've got a good set of friends that I can talk to and we actually talk I think we I brought it out in them a little more and we all talk to each other about how we're feeling and stuff and we check in quite regularly um because I had that ability to talk to my um family and community around me I actually think that off the cuff comment had come from a lot of discussions with friends and family anyway whereas if I didn't have that structure I think that would have manifested into something more serious so it's I think that's the key is to be able to talk about it to let to vent and get not let it get to a stage where it's becoming more serious I 100% agree with that having a you know good backbone and people to speak to is very very important uh like yourself i'm lucky to have my family that i can speak to a really really good close-knit of friends you know those ones that you can only tell those like set whatever few like that know everything about your life and they're usually they're like family they're friends like family and uh 
even me, I, I think within the last year or two, I've been able to express my feelings more. Maybe before I was a bit closed off because coming from, I'm actually from a South Asian background and it's not really something that is really spoken upon. Mental health is not really something people bring up, uh, whether that's in your family or that's in your friends, just because, you know, you've been, you know, given this life, a good life, you know, be able to have the opportunities that you need. And when you say you're sad or you're overthinking or depressed or just any of, any of the stigmas, they kind of think, but why? Your life's good, why? And it's just the thing that people need to try and understand is that we're all human beings. We all have emotions, we all have feelings and we're all gonna feel some sort of way, you know, one way or the other. We're not always just gonna be happy. It's part of life yes. as a human being. Definitely, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, like I said, COVID was a real help for me. Well, I was able to just calm and really think, you know, because I was quite a big overthinker, being anxious as well. I mean, everyone overthinks, especially now during COVID. I'm sure a lot of people are overthinking. Um, but it's just about being able to control your thoughts, knowing what <laughs> is holding you back, what your priorities are, and then being able to move forward to try and create that best version of yourself, I feel. Yeah, definitely, I, I agree. I mean, when when I'm at a stage with my mental health journey now where I, I am, I feel like I am in control, um, and the, my mental, uh, the men's mental health page that I created has definitely helped with that. Again, touching on connecting with so many like-minded people who are who feel like they can talk about it, and I feel the more that happens, the more people feel they can talk a bit about it mental health and all the other stigmas that come with it the more it expands and the, the more new people come into that zone and they feel they can express how they feel and stuff so it's really good 100 percent. i think since november from when i joined i realized that there have been so many new accounts just since then apart from mine i've I feel like every week, even every day, there's like two more, two more followers, two more new people here, two more new people there. And you're like, the community is just growing and growing, mm -hmm. especially with the media and the news. I feel like it's, I think because of COVID is, you know, spoken about more as well. Maybe not, sometimes maybe not the right coverage that we need or enough coverage, but at least it's being spoken about. And that's, that's yeah, what, yeah. whether it's good press, bad press, whatever it may be, such as like yesterday, you know, with, you know, Megan, Harry, I feel like mm -hmm. after reading the tabloids in the morning, there's been a lot, especially on the pages I've seen where everyone is first to criticize her rather than seeing, oh, she had suicidal thoughts or this or that. Yeah, yeah. Everyone just kind of seen it as like a ploy. And, you know, I just, it, it's hard, it's hard to really think about it because you're like, if someone's really, really feeling like that, how can you just ignore it at the end of the day, whether you're a royal, whether you're whatever, you're still a human being. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, touching on the Meghan and Harry coverage, my personal opinion is that why do, why do we even need to know about Meghan and Harry? And, exactly. Like, why do we need to discuss it? Like, really, we should be discussing the fact that she had mental health issues, like problems, and she had poor mental health whilst she was in that area rather than how it's been portrayed to the public as being a talking point of slander, almost. Yeah, I, I totally but, agree. Like, why do they have to come on and speak? You know, why do they have to go on and speak? I understand if she went and joined, you know, maybe a mental health campaign or, you know, did something to help herself and speak up about that, mm -hmm. rather than speak about 
oh, the palace did this, the palace did that. Why didn't you now bring a, use that mental health that you went through that and raise awareness of it rather than speaking about, you know, everything that went on, even with Harry for his sake as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. Which they, they, may, they may well do now. I suppose time will tell with that, won't it? Yeah, yeah, I but, think so. I don't know if you saw, but Piers Morgan made comments and now he's left. He's left yeah, out. I did actually just before we started. He has yeah, just, just left, hasn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, was, I was like, oh, I never thought he'd... He's such a, you know, like strong character. I never thought he'd actually step down and be like, all right, I'm done now. I'm done with the yeah. public, you know? I know, yeah, because like you say, he's such a strong character and I feel like it's potentially been brewing for a while because he made he's, he's made several comments over the past <clears throat> few months, hasn't he? But... I mean, I don't have an opinion on Piers Morgan, really. I don't wow. like him. I don't not like him, if you know what yeah. I mean. I don't really. That's what I mean. He's just, he's an irrelevant character, you could say. You know, he's not really relevant. Yeah, exactly. He to be controversial, tries to do what he, but I don't think he brings any substance besides his strong <laughs> character or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so to anyone, we'll move on to the business side. Anyone, you know, starting their own business, what advice would you give them or, what would you, you know, for you who started your own business, what do you think people need to be aware of? How do you think they should go about it? And uh, how can they start? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a daunting task. I was I, I was 18 when I started it with my brother. Uh, he's slightly older than I am. Um, and he's done other businesses and stuff in the past. But, I mean, if you were looking, if you've got an idea and you think, that it could work I would definitely suggest doing a lot of research before taking the plunge especially if that means you're in a full-time job already and you're going to be leaving that full-time job to pursue your business definitely research it and make sure it's the right fit and it's going it's it's an idea that could work or is going to work um in terms of starting it I think the key is really to just create a list of points that you think you need to answer and then just go with point one. Just start with the first one. You, you could pick it at random if you want to. You could just just pick one item, and then from that question that you have, once you once you seek that answer, several more questions will come up, and it it'll just be a, a process that evolves over time, really. Um, so I, I would suggest just do a lot of research yeah. before you start. But once you once you have research, just start anywhere, really. Yeah, I like yourself. I'm quite entrepreneur as well where you know I just like thinking of different ideas and whenever I have an idea I write it down and the first thing I actually do when I think of these business ideas is okay who is my audience where is there a gap in the market can I sell this can is it going to be a platform what is it going to be like what are people going to get out of this that is not already there and I think that's what people need to figure out is you're bringing this product creation whatever it is into the market how is it going to be something, you know, how is it going to be something huge? Like an iPhone, mm. look at an iPhone, for example, it's the most revolutionary technology. When you think about it, everyone either has an iPhone or an Android. There's, you know, majority of the people there and you're like, one product literally changed the world. AirPods, yeah. well, like we were saying, it changed the world. Everyone's just there wearing the AirPods around. I think when you look at Apple and when you look at what they've done, it's just unbelievable, the strategy behind it. and Definitely. You know, from where it's grown by. And I think that was all Steve Jobs back, you know, when he was around. Mm-hmm. The fact that they've been able to continue that, you know, it's quite, quite outstanding. outstanding. Yeah. 
definitely. Definitely it comes from a lot of great minds, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we could talk about, you know, Warren Buffett, Alan Sugar, Elon Musk, every, uh, Jeff Bezos, everyone. But I mm-hmm. think it, it, everyone has the opportunity to do something. You just got to put your mind to it. If you believe in your product, just keep pushing it out, keep doing it, keep doing it. And eventually uh-huh. that gap and that understanding, you know, you can, if you love it, and if you show that you love it, and if you can share it, then everyone, you know, everyone could fall in love as well. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't. That was the part of the problem with uh, my business, really, because I lost the passion. Yeah. Because I was no longer passionate about it, I couldn't sell it to others. Do you know what I mean? It, it wasn't something that I could get behind really anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Do you have any other ideas in mind? Well, I do. It, at, at the minute, I've got a clothing company. Oh, I say company. It's, it's not. It's a complete. Uh, I've been I've been building it slowly. I mean, I've I've had it set up for right. a couple of years now, but I just it's this techno black actually. Um, but yeah, it's sorry. Give me, the, give me the link. You know, we'll have it on. We'll buy one. Everyone, <laughs> yeah, man, I'll I'll send that over. That's fine. That's no problem. We'll get everyone to buy one. Come on here. <laughs> no, we get it through. So, yes. Techno Black TM on, on Instagram, that actually. Uh, so if you are interested, just check it out. But it, it's a clothing company, clothing company inspired by um, like house music, techno music, dance, that sort of thing, really. So obviously at the minute, I've not been pushing it too much because there's not no nightlife or clubs or anything open. So, yeah. yeah. Not yet. But, you know, once clubs open, you can wear it all and take it all and show everyone. No, this is mine. <laughs> there we go. That's That's uh-huh. the dream. That's the dream. So for you, how do you feel you handled, you know, COVID and then lockdown? How was lockdown for you? I mean, the first, when lockdown first happened, was it in March, I think, 2020? Yeah. Yeah, it, it came sort of as a shock, but also not because it had been sort of rumoured in the media quite a lot, well, hadn't it? Um, yeah. but, but when it actually started, I, did, I found it really tough. Um, I sort of had a feeling of the unknown because it, 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 I'm 24 in my lifetime and a lot of even my parents' lifetimes, nothing like this had ever happened. So it was very odd. It was really sort of, oh my God, what, what's, what's, what's happening? Like it, felt, it felt really scary. Just even though at the time, how I felt about the pandemic didn't necessarily reflect, reflect the same thing. Um, so I found, I found it quite hard to begin with. Uh, and even I'm in a full time nine to five job at the minute, um, and my my work definitely reflected how hard I found it. I'd lost sort of passion a little bit with that, and I, I couldn't focus properly. Um, again, these are reasons why I looked to set up the mental mental health page, yeah, um, and and sort of find like minded people to help me through it really. And I with with work, I had I had some great team members that really helped me through that um so i am grateful to them for that actually really grateful yeah. but yeah yeah when you point across the passion of losing you know your passion of work i can definitely relate to that because working from home it's just i don't like it personally to be honest i really really don't like it you know i'm quite a social person that you know i like that office feeling i like going into my colleagues, saying hi to my colleagues, you know, just having that chat in the day, you know, and going through my normal routine that it was just such a shock from then going back into, all right, got to go, wake up, work from home, and that's yeah. it. 
now what? Now what to do? You know, there's no end goal. And yeah. I think the first two weeks of the lockdown, I think that's where I, first two weeks, three weeks, where I spent planning out my days and trying to find like a proper routine, but like a flexible routine, but like a routine that's, you know, not going to make me go crazy. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'd wake up. I go for a walk as if I was walking to the office, but I'd actually just walk back home just to like train my mind and be like, oh, nothing's strange. Just, you know, you're just going down. Yeah, yeah. You're going to walk back up and then I like, have a set lunchtime as if I do in the office. Again, walk as if I was going for a walk, walk into my kitchen, uh, you know, just that, as if I was at work, you know? Yeah, and then yeah. After I would, I would go straight and I would train at home because that's something that really kept me sane where I was able to just train. And as long as I was able to keep my same training routine, that's what, you know, really helped me along this way of COVID where, if I was not bored, but if I was bored, yeah, okay, if I was bored and nothing to, I knew that training was something that I could kind of rely on and use that as a good distraction rather yeah. than sitting at home and, you know, being upset or watching the news because watching the news, those 5 p.m. conferences or through whatever they used to do every day is just put me in yeah. such a man mood, you know, because it went from, Boris saying, oh, I was in a COVID clinic shaking hands to him be like, <laughs> to him be like, oh, yeah, lockdown, <laughs> lockdown, <laughs> one, two. Yeah. Yeah. So Ridiculous, all, isn't it? When I think about now, it. In, in our household, the um, 5 p.m. press conference became known as the Daily Scare. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Because... Same with that. We always put it on, like, all right, guys, 5 p.m., let's go. Let's go see what's happening, you know? I think... Bojo became our best friend. That was it. He became our best friend <laughs> in the house. And, and then worst friend. Not shortly then, after. Yeah. Worst friend, best friend, worst friend. And then I just kind of stopped watching him because I was like, you know what? <laughs> You're not really doing much for me now. Now it's like, I don't even want to listen to what you have to say. Yeah. That's um, that's definitely what I did. Um, I would watch it some most of the time in the first two weeks, probably. Just because it was, cause it was so new to everyone, wasn't it? We didn't really know what was happening. Boris speaking was the hype of the UK, like him at 5 p.m. Yeah. All the memes you'd find, everything was about Boris speaking. Don't do this. Oh, but you can do that. But you can do uh-huh. this. Do that. Uh-huh. And it's just stuff. <laughs> entertaining. One one thing that I'd um, decided to do about two or three weeks after the first lockdown, I decided to give myself like a, a media, social media and, and media ban. Yeah, for a for a week, um, and I struggled with that because I I'm too quite social quite a sociable person. So when I couldn't meet people in real life, I turned to social media anyway. Um, but then because it because the internet was so rife with misinformation and like scaremongering, I just decided I'm just going to take a break from it. Um, and I still now even a couple like two weeks ago I think or maybe a week ago um, I just took the weekend off social media. Despite having several pages that I post on, I just I decided I needed a break from it because yeah. it wasn't good. It wasn't good for my mental health. Like at the minute, I'm in a really good good place. Really, I've I've met someone who's really nice. Um, virtually, obviously, and then we're yeah. allowed to meet and go. stuff. So yeah, <laughs> so that's all good. Um, but I'm I'm in quite a good mindset at the minute. But it, I, I still I still notice social media affecting me negatively sometimes. So I just decided to take a break from it. But with that being said, 
social media can also be a great tool as we've discussed already to find people who are able to talk about mental health and potentially help you talk about yours if you're struggling so it can be very good too exactly exactly what we're doing right i think that's what we try to do bring the good side out of it because i understand the negative side of it as well where you know with lockdown pace i try not to post like friday saturday sunday i try to stay off it but the issue with that is then i'm then on my private page like my own personal Mm -hmm. then i see the memes and then i see this and i see that and i'm like oh really and like you i think i need a weekend where i just shut off completely (laughs) you know just do nothing at all and see the difference that it's made made like i think a year or two ago i was on holiday with my family and for a week and a half that i was away i switched my phone off and put it in my suitcase and did not did not put it on yeah Um, i just remember like being able to spend that quality time not having to think about oh i need to post this on instagram oh let me snapchat it so you know like i didn't Mm -hmm. have those pressures or uh I should reply to my friends. I'm on holiday, but you know, you should reply. And yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I definitely think I'm due one of those, to be honest with you, because I felt like I haven't really been able to shut off, especially in this last year. I haven't shut off anywhere. I've been all over social media, all over this. And mm-hmm. it's definitely one, people. One, one thing I do at the minute is um, I've, I'm an Apple user, as we've like discussed, it's either Apple, or Android, or Samsung, or whatever. I'm an Apple user and they've got a feature uh, called screen time. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, but it. Every every week, my screen time, I check it every week. And if I'm lower, I celebrate like, oh, yeah, sick, I did lower. But then yeah. you look at the app you spend longer on, you're like, why was I on there? What was I doing there? And then when uh-huh. I see WhatsApp and Instagram, I'm like, uh, I think I have a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely have an Instagram problem. Um, I look, I, I was looking at my, I've, I've only in the last three or four weeks, I've started monitoring my screen time and just each week, like you just said, look at it. And if it's less, then that's great sort of thing. I I started on about eight and a half hours and bear, that's on my phone. Bear in mind, I work on a laptop all day, well, nine to five anyway. So it, it seemed, it seemed like really weird to me that I was managing to spend that much time on my phone as well as my laptop because it's it was like it's separate apple iCloud so it was separated time wise so I, I found it really like silly that I was using that much time so I, I've tried I've got it down to four and a half hours this week so I think that's a really good in three or four weeks that's a really quite good impressive job. to be able to go down like that I mean yeah to be I mean go on sorry yeah carry on and I have found it quite tough to do that but I've definitely noticed the benefits of that as well yeah, it's become like a challenge for me now. Uh, even if I'm like 2% down or 1% down, like, you know, it's like a big thing for me. Like even now, you know, we're talking, but my my hand, my phone is always in my hands, even if I'm just flipping it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not, not even that I'm looking at it. It's just I have to have it in my hand. Where I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. It, like it, some it's really going to happen, but nothing's really going to happen. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, oh. it's really sad that we've been yeah. sort of, um, What's the word? In my, I can't think what conditioned. Conditioned. We, yeah. yeah, we've we've as human beings, we've been really conditioned into needing our phone beside us mm-hmm. and like the, the sense of urgency, which is it's really sad to be honest, because 
we as great as the internet is in being able to connect with people you don't actually you don't actually need to be on it 24 7 do you which a lot of us are at the minute like mm-hmm. and even more so we've been locked down and not yeah. being able to go out but i've got a friend who um sometimes you can't get in touch with him for days which is obviously very annoying but good for him like yeah. good for him that he doesn't use it all the time i used to try when i was going to the office i'd not touch my phone from 8.30 till about lunchtime, one o'clock. And I used to feel like, I used to feel cool, you know, when I check it at one, I'm like, oh, wow, this is, I can do this. Then again, mm-hmm. switched off from two to six. And it made such a difference in my productivity with my work. But then, you know, when I'm at home, again, like you working nine to five, I'm working nine to five, but I'm also on Instagram for 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there, WhatsApp here. All right, I'm going to call someone and just be like, all right, let's see what's going on. And it's like, it's, it's like an addiction <laughs> it really is like an addiction that mm-hmm. we all have but I think that's just the way the world is and like I have youngest I have a younger sibling and younger cousins who are like 10 and 11 and they're they're on like iPads they're doing this and all their school has been online I'm like at nine ten years old I was outside you know I was like mm-hmm. I'm 27 now but like at that age I was like outside I was you know, whatever, playing PlayStation 1, what the generation, you know, I wasn't like on my phone the whole day. You know, I wasn't doing that. So it's just yeah. mad to see how how much the world has really evolved and how we become so digital as well. But look at us now, we're recording a podcast on the computer and <laughs> it's crazy, right? When you think about it. Yeah, it is really, really daft, isn't it? Yeah. But it's the way, like you say, it's the way of the world and I, f- yeah. I feel like it. it technology and laptops and stuff like that are a great advancement but also even though we're connecting now it's not you still miss the personal sort of feel that of having yeah. someone else in the room or whatever so yeah, it's the, the energy you know the body language i feel okay your voice is great and we have video here but it's it's missing something you know that and hopefully when things open I want to be able to do podcasts live where we can all meet up and, you know, maybe have a debate or something like that. You know, I think mm-hmm. you get like a page of all of us that do men's mental health, but then a mixed gender one and, you know, see where that goes as well. Definitely to take, to get different uh, people's different point of views is, is obviously great because that's how ideas thrive and that's how communities thrive, isn't it? It's not just one person's idea all the time. So definitely that's a good idea. Yeah. What do you think of the app? clubhouse have you heard of clubhouse uh, sure. i have actually down i have downloaded it but do you yeah. need to be invited is that how it works or um, so if you have a contact that's already on it they can if they can invite you to it or usually a notification will pop up and they can just accept you we can discuss it after the podcast where i can uh get you onto it and then definitely yeah. add you as a contact and that that's how it works but what i've realized it's such a good tool you know, to have, as we were saying, debates and chats like this, because there are so many mental health pages. Mm-hmm. Even the ones I found on Instagram, there are some of them that are on Clubhouse that run their own rooms where sometimes there are 200 people, 100 people, whatever the amount is that, you know, you're still able to make a difference by picking one topic and everyone is able to voice their opinion, whether it's just giving your daily affirmation or saying what's helped for you or how COVID's been for you or anything like that. So I think... This app, from a mental health point of view and from an entrepreneurial point of view, I think it's really, really going to 
help people grow their not only their businesses but also get them into that right right mindset of mindset of having these conversations but yeah definitely something to look for because i feel you know maybe we can plan a clubhouse as well you know where we host a session and everyone comes on yeah Especially sure sounds good get one for men get one for women to hear these different opinions i think it's great yeah i like the idea now what would you say are five tips for anyone that you know is struggling with their mental health um i don't know really what i would do is is reach out that's my number one i think if i if i've identified with myself that i'm not quite feeling 100 or not quite right i would i would reach out to someone to be honest i think in my head i would probably um do almost a risk assessment maybe and, and try and work out what it was that I was unsure about or why I was feeling that way. Um, and then I would, I would reach out to my sort of friends or family with it. It depends what the issue was. If it was something more personal, I might reach out to a close friend, for example. Um, so that's definitely my number one tip. Other tips would be definitely to seek apps like Instagram and pages like ours, um, apps like Clubhouse and different things like that. Um, search the internet for I, I remember sometimes when I'm looking for ideas for content and stuff like that I, I just I look I search for mental health and what other people might be looking for and stuff like that so um, just google mental health I've done it a few times and there's, there's so many great resources out there like the NHS website and um, World Health Organization and stuff like that so I think this the key is just to, to take that initial step of actually really like accepting that your mental health is is not the best it could be and then acting upon it and looking for something that can help with you um or even if if you were if you've noticed your friend or one of your close relatives or whoever is not quite right as as you normally know them to be if they've gone a little quiet if they're not on social media as often as they usually are um i would reach out to them as well just send them a message i think it's an important thing is not to message them and ask them necessarily directly if they're okay that is a good thing to do but I think because they're being quiet and not necessarily talking about how they feel it might just be a good question to ask how their day was or what they've been up to or something more indirect so that they it gives them a chance to respond to it without having to necessarily tell you that they're feeling rubbish that might come in time so it might might be something that grows as a conversation goes on um but it's definitely a good thing to reach out to other people as well, even if if you are feeling good. I hundred percent agree with that. You know, reaching out to other people and being able to, to take accountability and you know saying to yourself, okay, I, I have this problem, I you know a mental health problem. Let me you know kind of lay down what actually is wrong with me, and then maybe you can speak to your friends, your family, and be like, have you noticed this? Have you noticed this? I think I may have depression or anxiety. I think these may be the causes of why I've been feeling low, why you know I've been snappy at you, or why I've been feeling down. And mm-hmm. you know, being able to you know, take accountability and have that support is, you know, it, it's it's a process that you know you have to, I think, distinguish yourself and then being able to reach out, like you said, reach out to your friend and kind of let them share their own journey. You know, let them take it how they need to be and don't force it out of them and mm-hmm. and then let them open up to you i think 
the one thing which I read all the time is the best thing you can do is be kind. And, you know, that's something I should have like, well, I always try to be nice, I always try to be kind to everyone because you really don't know what ever, anyone's going through in their life. And I think, you know, to be able to open up someone and let them tell you their story, you know, it's so inspiring, you know, when you meet new people and hear what they've been through or what they're going through or their successes or, you know, whatever they've come through. I think it's just, yeah, that's something I really, really enjoy, to be honest with you. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm quite a um, a creative person, a person who likes to help as well. Like I naturally try. Sometimes I'm a bit too eager with it. I try and ask people if I can help and if I can get involved and make them feel better. Which sometimes is not the is not the best approach. Everyone's slightly different, so I've tried to take a step back, and I think that's why another reason I set up the men's mental health page is to sort of not I, I've not put any of my own like brand in my face my name or anything I've not put any of that onto it because I want people to feel like it's a third party and yeah. someone they can just sort of confide in if they wanted to or they can look look for look to for help or uh, guidance or anything like that so that's why that's that's one of the reasons I didn't want to put myself onto that page because it it should be an outlet for other people essentially and that's that's what we've got in our bio like we let share stories from other men with everyone else really yeah i think that's you know it's really inspiring what you have created to have that open safe platform it's you know especially for men where everyone usually looks at us as manly and strong and you can't be sad you can't do this but to have a space like yours where you can share the stories and the stuff people go through can be really really inspiring and i think the content and the page you have i mean i follow you I love your stuff. You know, it's really great. That's actually why Thanks. I reached out to you. And uh, thank you. you know, I hope that as we continue on and see both of us grow, that, you know, we can work together again. And you know, who knows, maybe uh, take this into the bigger stages and see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Look for that. I think touching on something you just said about um, being not being strong, if, if you're upset or feeling yeah. like not great mental health. I think it's and that, that's like that's an age-old stigma of being weak if you if you're sad, for example, or if you cry. Well, actually, I think that's complete rubbish. I think it's the other way around. I think you're strong. You're a stronger character if you can afford to cry and be open about how you feel. I think that's that's actually a sign of strength rather than weakness. To be honest, I mean, I, I I'll openly admit that I'm an emotional person and I've cried several times about some things that are more trivial than others, but I've always felt better afterwards. And yeah. I've always, I've never, I've never felt weak for doing it. So I think that's, that's something if, if anyone listening to this takes one lesson or tip from the whole podcast, I think that would be it. It's not, it's not a sign of weakness to cry at all. To be 100%, I hundred percent agree with that, you know, to be able to, be within your emotions be valid you're allowed to feel how you and how you want to feel and to be able to determine that okay i'm sad i'm gonna cry yeah cry that's what you need you know don't hold it back just because you're a man like cry and let, let it go and be yourself i think don't hide behind your gender you know you could say as a man or just even if you're a woman and a woman doesn't want to cry or 
beautiful woman doesn't want to go to the gym and lift weights hey go lift your weights go do everything you know as we're all human at the end of the day and we can do whatever we want we all have emotions we all have feelings and i don't think they should be kept hidden in i think you know if you feel something that that's what you should do don't don't change who you are because of the stigmas around it definitely uh, and the whole point of raising awareness around mental health and men's mental health is to help break those stigmas because there is there is a stigma of men crying there is a stigma of men being sad when there's just no reason for it anymore or ever really yeah yeah we're we're all allowed to be we're allowed to cry we're allowed to be unhappy you know women you're allowed to be angry men are just not the angry ones you know we're all allowed to do what we need to do Mm -hmm. harry it's been an absolute pleasure having you on i've really enjoyed you know chatting to you and getting to know you know more about you your entrepreneurial spirit the creation behind men's mental health and i'm pretty sure we're going to work together again in the future and you know i think make this connection stronger and let's both raise awareness and keep doing the great jobs we're doing already definitely man i appreciate you uh getting in touch with me and inviting me onto the podcast because it's only a good thing to keep talking about it so i appreciate that exactly thank you thank you so much i appreciate it and uh good luck with the page and i'm going to be supporting throughout i can't wait to see what more is to come legend thank you you too mate mm-hmm.